This podcast is produced by podcastandradio.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. The Brain. Jordan Goodman is known as America's Money Answers Man because he's been doing it for more than 35 years. He was the Wall Street correspondent at Money Magazine for 18 years, a regular financial analyst at NBC News for nine, Marketplace Radio for six, and is a regular guest on numerous national and local radio, TV, and shows. Uh, He also hosts the weekly Money Answers Radio show, and that's on the Voice America Business Radio Network. Jordan, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Dave. Absolutely. So a number of things we can focus on. First of all, the the loan environment, the uh, traditional banks have limitations in what right. they can do. So what are why, why is it so difficult for small businesses to get loans from traditional banks, and what can we do about it? Well, a Dodd-Frank law came in in 2010, and basically the message to the banks was never take any risk on anybody for the rest of human existence. This is kind of what it came down <laughs> right, to. Exactly. So as far as small business loans, you have to have inventory. You have to have stuff they could take. You'd have to have physical collateral. Uh, if it's just kind of an intellectual property business or you're doing a website or apps, if you don't pay, there's nothing they can grab. <laughs> so that's why most small businesses today, which don't have a lot of inventory or things that you can grab, right. have a really hard time getting loans from traditional banks. Really hard. They give you a lot of paperwork and it takes a long time. Basically, if you don't need a loan, you can get one. If you need one, forget it. <laughs> Basically, is what it kind of comes down to. So this has kind of spawned a whole alternative lending Uh, environment. Just because banks won't say yes doesn't mean people don't need loans and aren't going to get them one way or the other. And so there are, for example, these clearinghouses that allow you as a small business to get a loan that in the past you might not have been able to get. And I always like to give specific websites to make this practical, Dave. In this particular case, there's a place called CorporateLendingSolutions.com. And they, for example, have access to hedge funds. Hedge funds want to invest in legitimate vetted small businesses and they have access to the people who want to invest that way. So what they do is they find out about your small business, they vet you to make sure that you're legitimate, and it's more based on your cash flow. They're going to take a look at your bank statements as opposed to your credit score. And if you got the cash flow to pay a loan back, they will then present you to the best lender for what you want. might be a long-term loan, could be a short-term loan, could be factoring. There's all kinds of different ways to go. But there's a place that you're going to be able to get lending uh, in many cases that you would not be able to get from traditional banks. Now, this is for businesses that have been around for maybe, I'd say, a year or longer, not absolute startups. That's going to be hard. Yeah, and, once you've and, got and, some I, cash flow, then you'll be okay. Yeah, so sorry to interrupt. And, and the one-year trajectory is really not too onerous uh, in most cases. If you're uh, you know, asset light on your balance sheet, there's not much collateral that a bank would look to. Uh, I mean, I, I'm guessing this is relatively high yield to market money, right? Not too bad. It could be like six, seven, eight percent, something like that, depending wow. on your situation. Wow. No, it's not like double digit at all. That's uh, cool. All right. You could really get good good rates. So it's faster, it's cheaper, and it's available. <laughs> Banks are slow, not available, and difficult. <laughs> so Right. They want these guys want to deploy yeah, the hedge funds want to deploy capital, don't they, uh, Jordan? They do. They've got tons of capital. They don't know how to invest and this is an area they'd like to do it, but they don't mm-hmm. have the underwriting capability to do it directly. So they use these clearinghouses to give you access. So, so that's a place I would recommend. Let me just give you a tip on place I would not recommend, Dave. Okay. Just what are called merchant cash advances or yes. MCAs. Yes. Now this is where a company will come in uh, and basically take over your credit card processing as your business, yep. and then charge you typically daily fees 
for your merchant cash advances. They do give you money quickly or a day or two unsecured. Yeah. Uh, but at very high interest rates, 30, 40 percent, sometimes even higher than that. Very high fees. And it's it's what I call the payday lending of small business. You kind of exactly. get on this treadmill. And when it comes due, you don't have enough money to do it. So you take out a new merchant cash advance to pay off the old one. And then you get sunk, basically. So this last I heard, $600 billion dollars in merchant cash advance money out there, again, being funded by pen, by pension funds and hedge funds. So that was something I would avoid getting on if you're a small business needing some money. And what's interesting about that, Jordan, uh, is that they, they seem to stack the service with the loan facility itself, don't they? Right. That's the way they get you, is, is they want to make sure they're going to get paid back. And by controlling your uh, credit card processing, say you're a restaurant and you get a lot of flow yeah, right through that, they're getting their typical. fees every day, literally. It, it seems like a small piece, but it really does add up over time. It's yeah. very expensive money, but it is available, and they have very, very high returns. So uh, that's something I would avoid. All right. And let's repeat the one that we do like. It's CorporateLendingSolutions.com. They're a clearinghouse, and they will, uh, they're will they in contact with a bunch of alternative or semi or unregulated lenders that can right. come in and uh, provide capital to small businesses that uh, may not uh, have capital-rich balance sheets, but Correct. are in need of, uh, you know, they're growing. Uh, they may have other needs. They're building out websites or other IP-oriented assets, right? Correct. Exactly right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. So if I'm in business and I have accumulated a lot of debt for whatever the reasons are, what are some of the ways that we can, as you put it, get out from under this mountain of debt that we might have created in the midst of trying to figure it out and grow our business at the same time? So what most small businesses do, Dave, is they respond to the loudest creditor. The squeakiest wheel yep. gets the grease. Okay. Yep. That is the wrong way to do it. The person who screams at you the most may not be the one you should, if you have limited capital, to pay back, okay? So you should use the strategy of what I call prioritization, which is prioritizing your creditors. So the ones who have the most power, the most leverage over your business, get the most money the soonest. And the ones who have the least leverage get the less money later, <laughs> okay? Sure. Sounds easy, but this is not the way most people work. Most small business owners are kind of cowering under their desk not wanting to answer the phone or, or open the mail because the creditors are coming after them, you know, with really loud demands for their money. Now, you can try doing this on your own, but it's really difficult. There's a website that can help people do it, which is called helpwithpayables.com. And they've got a very sophisticated system of prioritizing and figuring out what they call the leverage ratio. How much leverage does a specific creditor have over your business? Like your utility company can turn your lights off tomorrow, they got a lot of leverage, okay? You're not going to be in business if they turn your lights off, basically. Yeah. But, you know, some lawyer who did a contract you never filed through on three years ago has no leverage, basically. So you shouldn't pay the lawyer before you pay your utility bill, if you see what I mean. So they go through all your creditors and then assign them a leverage ratio based on their experience with tens of thousands of small businesses. And then they make an offer to each creditor based on the amount of leverage they have and so this guy who has a lot of leverage will get 90 cents of the dollar in six months. This one has a very little leverage will get 10 cents of the dollar in a year or whatever it may be. And then you end up paying them, the helpwithpayables.com. They then pay the creditors. So if a creditor calls you and say, it's out of my hands, it's with the help with payables people, and they take care of it. And now you can kind of get back to running your business instead of running away from creditors all the time. I love that. I love that. Uh, by the way, we're visiting with Jordan Goodman. His website is www.moneyanswers.com. 
just like we're doing today. So, Jordan, I wanted to follow up on that. So a couple of things. One is this algorithm, I'll call it. That's my word. Right, that's for, right. the lever for the leverage ratio. I mean, that includes the cost of the capital as well, right? Right. I mean, they're not making a loan. These people are not making a loan. It's they are neutral. Yeah. It's neutral. I mean, think of it as like a, a kind of a credit counseling organization for individuals. Yeah. If you've got a lot of credit card debt and the credit card companies are chasing, you've got high interest rates and all that, you can go to a nonprofit credit counseling place. You pay them. They pay the creditors. This is the same idea Very for similar. small businesses yeah. where you make one payment to them on a monthly basis. And then depending on how long it is, it could be a year, two years, three years before you're out of debt. And those creditors are taking a haircut. They are not getting the full principal. Okay? They're agreeing to taking less, but they'd rather take less than get nothing and have you go bankrupt. So the last time I talked to them, about 75 to 80% of the small businesses they work with, they work it out. And they get them out of debt, and they're back uh, wow. in a healthy way. Wow. So they do a workout. A haircut is pretty much assumed. It's kind of a settlement scheme, if you will. I don't like the word scheme so yeah, much. but that's right. Strategy, let's call it that. And uh, and this way, the, the business owner can move on with the business of the day. Work, I also, work on the business, not, well, not right. be chasing creditors all the time. Well, right. exactly. Right. And you're taking control back. It's like a reverse collection agency. Hey, before exactly. the collectors knock on my door, I'm going to knock on their door, and I'm going to really be proactive about settlement rather but than You don't have to do it yourself. Yes. In other words, you're, you're not negotiating. Most, If you're running a restaurant or a pizza parlor or whatever, software company, you're not good at negotiating with creditors. That's not your skill. The people at this helpwithpayables.com, that's what they've done for tens of thousands of businesses for like 30 years. They know how to negotiate with yeah. creditors to get them a deal. And then once they've accepted that deal, they're going to get paid that amount. So it, it's just sometimes you're an expert in something and you should do it. Sometimes you're not an expert and you should outsource it to somebody who knows what they're doing. Absolutely. And this has helped tons of small businesses that otherwise go under because they're just overwhelmed by credit demands. Yeah. I did want to spend a few minutes on the, the uh, regulatory environment. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, business owners are, are concerned about that and, and what it means. Certainly, we see the stock market uh, being very interested in the fact that there seems to be a reduction or a uh, proposed reduction or a systematic reduction in uh, all things uh, regulatory for business. But uh, what's your spin on this? What's your sense about where, what we can expect over the next year or so? Well, I think it's happening. Uh, it's happening more through executive order and through the regulatory process than it is yeah. from Congress. You're, you're, uh, there's such gridlock in Washington now, even amidst the Republicans, never mind between the Republicans and Democrats, right, right. that all the deregulation is happening by installing people uh, who are much more business friendly. And in many cases, the people who worked for the businesses or worked for their trade associations yes. are in there now kind of deconstructing uh, this whole state. So that is helping people and, and helping small businesses, but it's not helping everybody. I mean, we just talked about the business environment. Uh, lending environment, mm -hmm. and it has not helped, to my view. There, it's still very tight for people getting small business loans. So, they have not repealed Dodd Frank, which is the cause behind that. So, in some areas, I say environmental drugs. The new head of the FDA, Scott Gottlieb, is letting getting drugs approved uh, faster. Um, yeah. yeah. So there are, you know, definitely some areas where things are happening and things are being deregulated. But there's still an awful lot of regulations on the books and a lot of people in Washington who like to enforce those regulations. Talk a little bit about what the inner mechanism is around the banking, banks having their hands tied, or, or why is it that they're just less than willing to lend or so conservative in their approach to deploying capital into the small business or entrepreneurial space? Well, leading into the whole financial crisis in 2006, 2007, 
the business lending environment and the individual lending environment was much, much too loose. People were getting mortgages. People were getting small business loans that should have not gotten them, frankly. And that's what got us into trouble. People were doing these no interest, I mean, no uh, income, <laughs> crazy kinds of loans. Right. Um, and what did you think was going to happen, right? It, it blew up. I mean, the, ho the home ownership rate went from roughly 60% to 70% at the peak. Yeah. And now it's back to about 61, 62%. Mm -hmm. Well, those 8% should have never been in a home in the first place. They bought a home, but actually they were renting it, it turns out, because they couldn't couldn't afford the payments. And the same was true with small businesses. They were getting loans, in many cases, for entrepreneurial ventures that were not going to work. So the reaction to that was the banks were taking too much risk. So we have this heavy regulatory burden. The Dodd-Frank bill itself, the bill, was over 2,000 pages. And that has promulgated over 100,000 pages of regulation, basically saying never take any risk. And so the Federal Reserve, the control of the currency, and the SBA, and everybody who's overseeing this, that's their mandate, is make sure the banks do not take risk. And therefore, what would in the past have been perfectly creditworthy, small businesses and individuals are not getting loans they would have gotten in the past. Got it. So largely, or literally, it is a reaction formation to the blow-up, the explosion in 7-8. And, uh, right. and we're exactly. not dealing with the repercussions of that. This pendulum swinging, the pendulum perhaps, swung too far. Too far I'm to the other side. I'm saying it was too loose. Right. It was too loose in the yep. mid-2000s. Yep. I agree. Yep. But I think it's too tight now. Yeah. And the result is right. that perfectly legitimate small businesses who need money for expansion have a really hard time getting it. And perfectly creditworthy individuals wanting to buy homes have a really hard time getting a mortgage. They need 20% down, a fantastic credit score. Well, you're a first-time home buyer. You know, it's kind of hard to, to have 20% down payment on the, the price of homes these days and a, a credit score of 750 or higher. I mean, it's a lot of business that should have happened is not happening because credit is still tight both for individuals and small businesses. Well, as we close out this session, I, want, I do want to repeat the website uh, resources that you mentioned during this segment. They are CorporateLendingSolutions.com for the help with debt, HelpWithPayables.com. Those are the two website resources. And I really uh, appreciate you, uh, Jordan Goodman, giving us very specific uh, solutions. You know, we can go out to these places and really start to take some action uh, to help ourselves in our small businesses. And great to have you. No wonder you are the money answers man. You do have so many answers. And by the way, look for, I didn't mention the 14 books including Fast Profits and Hard Times, Master Your Debt, The Ultimate Guide to Student Loans, Master Your Money Type, The Dictionary of Finance and Investment Terms. You're on top of everything at all times. So great to have you. Thanks for joining us on the program, George. Thanks Goodman. so much, David. I'm, I'm glad to get their emails as well at moneyanswers.com. Excellent. Moneyanswers.com. All right. Very good. Talk to you next time. Thank you, Dave. Small Biz, Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>